Like, what are you guys expecting us to automatically be a championship contending team after one playoff series? That's not how this works. Like, if you look back to 1999 Kings, and I hate comparing them because these are two separate teams, but they lost back-to-back first rounds. And then the the next year after that third year, they went to the second round. And then the fourth year, they went to the Western Conference Final. It's a fucking process. Like, that's just how it is. There's a difference between losing because you're just a poor team. And there's a difference between losing because there's inconsistencies. And as a team grows and gets better, those things are straightened out. I think so much energy is spent on the defensive end because he's now guarding uh, either the first or second highest usage player on the other team that it's hard for him. And this is all new. I think it's great that he's improved on that end. But yeah, I think it's going to be an adjustment for sure. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Kings cast. It's daily. Along with my co-pilots, Elizabeth and Naima. How are you? Hello. All right. First quarter. Defensively, Keegan checks Devin Brooker early. Causes a block and forces a miss. Domas gets a steal, which was converted into a Fox dunk. Herter hits a midi. Kings up by one, 39-38. Second quarter, defensively, Monk makes an improbable closeout on Grayson Allen and blocks a three. Monk also gets a steal and a layup again on Grayson Allen. Herter steals a pass, and which was uh, converted into a Domas putback. Kings up by three at the half, 67-64. Naima, Elizabeth, thoughts? Honestly, that half, like, we went down, like, nine, and I'm glad the Kings, like, fought back and everything. We usually – Finished quarters kind of like bad, which what was happened to end the half. But it was good to see like Malik, um, you know, play shoot well. You know, he had a great first half. Domas, you know, doing the typical work down low, and you know, Fox had a great game as well. Wish others stepped up in the first half because I felt like if they did it, and uh, Monk, Box, and Domas were gonna carry, we probably wouldn't have won the game. But yeah. Yeah, I feel like the first half, um, you know, they got down early and then, you know, they kind of came back and then went into the halftime with, you know, a lead. I thought, you know, they kind of struggled against that small ball lineup that the Phoenix uh, beat us with last time. So they kind of, you know, chipped back into that. I think it was like a 12 point lead at one point. Um, But I felt like we were moving the ball around firing on the cylinders. So it was definitely um, a fun first half to watch. Right on. Third quarter. Domas gets a block on Nurkic. Domas also get his, gets his 18th triple-double of the season with 3.16 to go in the third. Monk drives and hits a reverse layup using his body to block off KD. Beautiful. Phoenix goes up on a 13-4 run. They're up 94-92 to end the quarter. Fourth quarter, Suns up 10. Domas gets another put back off a De'Aaron missed layup. Kings down four. Fox hits a clutch three with 41 seconds to go. The Suns pull away with ticky-tack foul calls. Suns win one thirty to one twenty five. Just honestly, a brutal ending. I really thought, like after the Kings going on like a twelve or one, I'm like, okay, showing some fight, you know. Um, but uh, such bullshit calls at the end. And honestly, out of all our losses this season, this one annoyed me in particular. Like, 
again, Fox dropped 40. You know, Domas had a monster triple-double. Monk came off the bench well. But, man, we really needed HB and K- uh, Keegs to step up. And, unfortunately, that was just not the case. But hopefully tomorrow we'll, win, uh, we'll you know, show more effort. Um, hit our free throws. That's always a problem this season. But, yeah, just just a very annoying loss. Yeah, I think, you know, the second half, um, you know, I thought they got going pretty early. But then, you know, when you let up, I think the Suns got up to like a 10-point lead and then we obviously made that 10-point run. Um, and you kind of get yourself so not a hole that early in the game. You're just constantly playing from behind. And so they just kept basically hitting tough shot after tough shot. Uh, I didn't like the defensive, um, you know, possessions that we had kind of with doubling like too high like by half court you know on Durant um that just kind of allowed some of their guys to get those open threes uh but you know I mean that's what good teams do I mean it's hard it's hard to guard Devin Booker and you know Kevin Durant that's why they're two you know the best shooters in the league I mean they can just straight up shoot over you it doesn't matter how tall you are I mean Kevin Durant is like seven foot so he's just lengthy so it's like impossible to just like block any shot of his so um, yeah, shout out to the Suns. I mean, you know, they did what they had to do to get the win. Uh, just a disappointing loss. Um, but again, you know, this team, that's the frustrating part is just the inconsistencies with this team is we see how well they can play against some of the top, you know, teams in the league. And then, you know, um, kind of having heartbreaking losses like against Charlotte, against Detroit, things like that, uh, you know, it just gets frustrating when those, you know, those games could matter a lot more had they just won them. But um, you gotta, you know, move on. They gotta fly to Denver and play in high altitude, which is already hard, at, you know, in and of itself. And all of our starters played a really significant amount of minute, minutes. So tomorrow is gonna be a really, really difficult game. Um, they gotta find a way, whatever way they can, dig deep into their pocket, uh, and just be like, you know, after this, we're off for, you know, a week and a half. So just fucking dig and dig and dig and whatever they can do to win that game, because. I, it is going to be really heartbreaking to go on three on this road trip. Shout out to Keon Ellis though, for doing a hell of a job on, on Devin Booker. And, you know, I'm sorry. And Naima, you mentioned um, getting hell from Keegan and Harrison. Uh, don't forget to throw in Kevin Herter in there too. Granted he had an efficient 10 points, but defensively they killed him in the first half. And it was only until Keon Ellis got in that the Suns were actually slowed down a little. You know what I mean? I mean, Kevin Herter always gets targeted and destroyed. Seriously, every game, unfortunately. Um, you know, I just had some trepidations coming into this game. I was just looking at stats on NBA.com. And first off, Vegas had the Suns uh, at minus 4.5. So they're already favored. And then in the last five games, and we all know Phoenix has been on a roll. Phoenix is ninth in offense, eighth in defense, and seventh in net rating. Unfortunately, the Kings are in a decline. They're 11th in offense, which isn't bad, but they've dipped in defense all the way down to 27th. And this is only a small sample size of the last five games, but still, we know there's something going on. And they're 19th in net rating. So I was like, this is going to be a mountain decline, which is unfortunate. Um, the Suns' new lineup with Bradley Bill, since he's healthy, uh, Devin Booker, Bradley Bill, Ted Cruz, KD, and Nurk. They have the third best lineup. 
out of 500 possessions or more. And then sack, they still have a baller lineup. Uh, and their lineup is eighth in differential, which is Fox Herder. You know, our lineup, Fox Herder, Keegan, Barnes, and Domas. But it's a, So that gave me a little hope, not to mention the fact that we always play the Suns well. But goddamn, um, you know, all I can say is if there's any silver lining, I'm glad to know that Domas can get one of those monster triple doubles that his contemporaries get. When Jokic or let's say AD get a triple double, they're scoring in the 30s, and I was always wondered, can Domas do that? Because usually his is, are usually like 17, 18, and 10, or 12, 15, and 12. You know, it's those types of numbers. So it's nice to see him get a monster triple double of scoring 35 points. Uh, that was great. I hate that they wasted a 40 piece from De'Aaron. Uh, that's really unfortunate. Liz, what's up? Yeah, it's just like crazy to me. Like I feel bad for Sabonis because I just feel like he did basically everything he could tonight. Uh, same with Fox. Um, so it's just frustrating that there couldn't be other contributions, you know, outside of Malik coming off the bench. I think not having Trey Lyles definitely hurt too, um, coming off that second unit because it kind of forced you to play, you know, some other people, you know, different lineups, different minutes, and things like that. Um, but I just, it's crazy to me. I saw a tweet the other day after our game. Um, on Sunday, and I think it was after our game on Sunday, someone said that they'd rather have Nurkic than Sabonis, and I thought that was, like, the most wildest thing ever. I was like, the amount of hate Sabonis gets is, like, absolutely crazy to me, and I was in a space, and they were basically just, like, talking that, like, Sabonis' like, assist numbers, like, don't, like, kind of don't reflect, like, what it actually is, like, you know, they were basically saying, like, his assists are fraudulent, and I'm like, how does, like, that's just crazy to me. I'm just like, I'm so tired of having to defend this man when he's like fucking just dominating the season. Um, he's literally not an all-star, but he's like top seven in MVP voting right now. Uh, he just has been doing everything and he's been realistically like our only consistent player night in and night out just does whatever he can do to put this team in a position to win. And so just the slander that he gets, I just absolutely don't understand But yeah, just a disappointing loss tonight. If he performs like he has this season in the playoffs and we actually win a playoff series, he'll get a little more respect. Granted, it's the Kings, so we always get shitted on, but he will. Uh, nobody's watching him. So there's already A, a European bias, B, a poverty franchi- franchise bias. There's so many things going against him in, in any of our players, which is why he and Fox aren't in the All Star game. It is what it is. You know, um, it's unfortunate. Uh, I had a few speakers lined up and then some dropped out. Feel free to request so you could get your thoughts off. Uh, we totally understand. If you want to vent, feel free. I do want to do this. I want to say <laughs> I want to have this segment called the Ho-Ass Tweet of the Night. Um, and this is from a mutual. So if I offend you, I could care less. Uh, I'm just tired of the toxicity uh, on the timeline. But somebody said this one's on Monty McNair. It's like, have we not moved past the trade deadline fiasco? I mean, it's not even a fiasco. Uh, Monty didn't want to do anything. He didn't want to sacrifice uh, any of our players for other players who are just going to make us marginally better. I don't know why that's so hard to understand. And then if you don't have any records of Monty's text or transcripts of calls of teams rejecting any of our offers, then you don't really know what's going on the other end. 
of these trade uh, situations. So I thought that was the lamest tweet I saw. So anywho. Well, it's, um, it's also too real quick daily. Like people, it's been put out there that like if the Kings make the playoffs and that Kevin Herter pick gets conveyed. So then it opens up like three first round picks for the Kings to kind of play with if need be. So it's like people just don't understand it's a process. And of course, after a loss, people are going to be like, money didn't make a move at the deadline. Like it, it was the same shit repeating story last year, every single loss after the trade deadline, same shit. And it's like, we made the fucking playoffs and the first time in fucking 16 years, like what are you guys expecting us to automatically be a championship contending team after one playoff series? That's not how this works. Like if you look back the 1999 Kings and I hate comparing them because these are two separate teams, but they lost back to back first rounds. And then the site, the next year after that third year, they went to the second round. And then the fourth year they went to the Western conference final. It's a fucking process. Like that's just how it is. So like, we just need to realize that it's a process and like, be fucking patient. And well, if you're not going to be patient, then stop watching the goddamn team because I don't know what to tell you. Well, Liz, you're asking people to, to practice critical thinking. So what are you going to do? Julie, how are you? Uh, I, I mean, I'm frustrated. It, you know, the, I think we all I think we all can agree. It's a little frustrating. The standings, and it, it, yeah, it's not that big of a deal because it's, I mean, we're down and it, the spread is not too far. But man, it's, just, it's not frustrating sometimes. I will say I've been seeing people not on Twitter, but on other areas, just being like, I might be done with this team for a while if we keep losing. And I'm just like, this is, this is so small compared to what 16 years of just pure suffering we've endured. <laughs> and like, like let's say it's a process. It, it is a process. So, you know, I will get there. So, but man, if I am just not frustrated, I don't expect anything tomorrow. I'm going to go with very low expectations. I think. Nuggets are coming after us, but if they prove me wrong, cool. If not, eh, it is what it is. Right on, Julie. And, and I love the perspective. It's like, it is what it is. And we have to learn how to take adversity and always remember the vomit game, the Luke Walton era, all that. And it's like, all of a sudden we have a little success and I feel like people are getting a little entitled and, and I know this falls in the area of, oh, don't tell me how to fan. But Jesus Christ, I, I think there's a difference between being a fan and then being a toxic, you know, doomer. You know what I mean? There's differences. So thank you, uh, Julie. We appreciate you as always. Ross, what's up? What's up, guys? Um, good to hear everybody stand semi-positive. Um, obviously, this is a, one that stings, um, but it's just one game. You know, obviously it would have been really nice and you can talk about the standings and all that, but um, kind of like touching what you guys were talking about, like, is this team better than last year? They're probably as good. They could be better, but we can all just agree that the Western Conference is like, in the whole league in general, it was one of the most down, um, down years last year as far as competition. And, you know, the Kings played good and they caught fire, but... Um, you know, there was definitely a reason why they were a little higher. So you can't really overreact and say, oh, we, we made the play on playing this year, but we were the third seed last year. That's kind of not how you do it when you're building a team. You just try and get better or stay the same and get some consistency. And this is so early in the process right now. Um, I come on here and I end up, you know, sounding like a broken record a lot of the time, but 
a lot of this stuff is so true. It's just like, I want to be good. I want to be a Minnesota or a, you know, OKC or one of those teams because winning that many games is great and having that consistency in that defense. But if I have to say it a million times, Monty wasn't blessed with the same timeline and war chest as those teams that were able to take five to seven years. Um, the, the Thunder have been tanking for almost 10 years besides that little, um, you know, playoff thing they had with, so they just been accumulating Monty kind of walked in and worked with what he had. And that's kind of where we're at right now. And he just doesn't have the ammunition. Um, you look at a team like the Suns. Suns say to, traded what, like a couple first round picks and Michael Bridges. They were in the NBA finals and now we're battling them for the, to not make the play in. So you got to think we're comparing ourselves to a team like the Suns. The Suns have already done their all in move and they have a superstar that's 35. Um, so for example, if Monty wanted to make a move like that, he doesn't have to sacrifice, you know, as much everything, you know, obviously he's not going to trade Keegan, but we could trade three first round picks and a player or two and add a fourth person. Um, and I think at the trade deadline, he just didn't like, and, and the more we get away from the trade deadline, the more I kind of like the fact that he didn't do anything because I was feeling kind of desperate and saying, let's go get Kuzma. Um, like even a Jeremy Grant is a really good piece, but is it a great piece? Um, and we saw that he likes to go for the big move. Like he went for Pascal and OG. He was actually in those conversations. So obviously if they, you know, make the play in and miss the playoffs or whatever, either way, I don't think he's just sitting there content, like with running it back. I think that was just the smart move to be made was running it back. I don't think that's his necessarily his strategy, his strategy. You know, he's a smart GM. He's looking around. Of course he wants a defensive wing. Of course he wants another backup point guard, but um, you have to have teams that are willing to trade, and you don't want to get fleeced by giving up a bunch of first-round picks just because you're the Sacramento Kings and you wanted to compete for a 5-6 seed. Um, it's just not the smart move to be made. Um, as far as the game, uh, Fox, a lot of people you know, complain about him being inconsistent night to night. I mean, this dude shows up. in the When the playoffs come around, we don't really have to worry about him looking bored out there he's engaged in big games so that's just a really good thing to see i'm glad the glad the team showed up on national tv it's always good to kind of see them play competitive um but if kings fans are looking for a bright spot just look at our core um i'm not going to sit here and pick apart you know the weaknesses in our team and in our starting lineup but just know there's some weaknesses that if they're upgraded, this team gets much better. You know, say we get a three and D guy and replace it with, you know, somebody in the starting lineup. And then you give Keegan another year of uh, learning how to, he's really struggling with, I think his stamina right now. He He's having to play the hardest defense of his career. And then you're asking him, Oh, we also need you to, you know, unleash some new offensive stuff. So I think in the off season, give him time to train, um, and things will be all right. So 
if Kings fans are panicking, just realize we're in year one and a half. I know we're a little impatient, but Monty has so many more moves to be made. And so we're not looking like the the Clippers or the Suns or even a team like the Mavericks. It basically has given away all their first round picks. Um, so there's going to be some of these older teams. The Lakers and the Warriors can't hang around forever. Um, so, yeah, with time, I think we'll slowly progress our way up the West. Love y'all. And I say this all the time. If you just like look at different timelines of all the good teams across the league, and I'll just do one. I may, I might just do one every episode. So let's talk about the Timberwolves. They get Ant in the 21 season. They don't make the playoffs. The next two seasons, they lose in the first round. And that's after they get their new coach, Coach Finch. And so right now, uh, they're actually near the top of the Western Conference. And we'll see what happens with them. But my point is, is that it takes time. And they had a lot of their roster last season as well. And they still got bounced in the first round. So it's going to take a while. So hopefully we're not too hard on ourselves or on the team. It is what it is. Josh, you've been waiting a long time. Really appreciate you uh, with your patience. What's going on? Uh, no problem, man. It's it's always fun listening. Am I live? Can you hear me at all? You're good, my, man. Perfect. Yeah, my Twitter's all bugging out. It's not like showing me the mic indicator. Either way, it's good hearing a lot of um, like half glass full optimism, you know, because uh, there was other people. I think it was Elizabeth who mentioned it. Like just even turn the clock back three years ago as opposed to what this team was now let alone like 10 years ago and seeing where this team is at a foundation structure, like people make the playoffs and yeah, the third seed might've been a little, I wouldn't say flukish, but a little over the top of our performance, especially with, you know, how the West was dealing with severe injuries. And, um, and now this year, everybody's a bit more healthy and the West is like this historically loaded with stars, you know, just the amount of, Hall of Fame potential on several teams throughout the West. Top to bottom's good. We have young talent, Minnesota and OKC, all that. It's just, I think a lot of people need to look at this and think, you have a core of De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, and Keegan Murray, who obviously is going to be eligible for that rookie extension at the end of his rookie contract as well. And those guys are more than likely bearing bearing Darren Fox does not extend with us. God forbid at the end of the 2025 season, um, you're looking at a core of Fox, Sabonis, and Murray until probably like 20, the end of 2028, even further if Sabonis extends off of that too. So you you a lot of people focus too much on the game today as opposed to like. What happens in a year? What happens in two years? I get it. People are getting their hands dirty. They're they're reaching for the pot of gold because once your team makes the playoffs for the first time in 17 years, you're like, screw it. Let's go for the whole thing, you know? And unfortunately, it it's not that easy. It's really not, and I wish it was, trust me. But I think a lot of people got to realize, like, take it slow. Look at what you had. We didn't have this guidance or direction on the Kings in over 17 years almost. You almost had it with the whole IT, Rudy Gay, DeMarcus Cousins era, but that 
didn't work out too well. But as opposed to this, there's a foundation. You just look forward to it. The inconsistencies with the losses, like I feel like the Kings spin a wheel before the game and see, okay, what way are we going to lose today, right? There's a difference between losing because you're just a poor team and there's a difference between losing because there's inconsistencies. And as a team grows and gets better, those things are straightened out. I think a lot of people got to realize that moving forward. Like, let the riot happen. Monty's, trust, I guarantee you Monty McNair wanted to make a move bad, but not so bad that he's willing to jeopardize any foundation or future payroll for this team. We got to first think Monk has to be ex- extended, right? That's the that's the number one priority this offseason is having De'Aaron Fox's best buddy on this team for the next three to four years. And if not, that's going to make Fox unhappy, I'm certain, right? That's the number one move. So you got to think, oh, why didn't Monty make a trade for that guy with that $40 million a year contract? That doesn't fit with Monk getting those bird right contracts. So just for those listening, for those who are just like, oh, my God, what's happening? Why are we losing these games to Kevin Durant? <laughs> You know, just take it slow and enjoy what the team has building because it's going to be good. Just heads up. You know, that's all I that's all I'm trying to say out there. Well said, man. And uh, yeah, you're definitely in, within like minds uh, here in our space and in this podcast. Uh, we appreciate the words and thanks for speaking, Josh. Um, come back anytime. Yeah, and, and like Josh was saying, I mean, just remember the fucking vomit gate. Remember those years. And I will take watching a team that wins six out of ten times any day over a team that's losing because Buddy Hill dribbled a ball off his knee. You know what I mean? Like, give me this team any day. That's all I got to say. Uh, I'm being dramatic right now, but I listen to a lot of podcasts, and, and this writer of a TV show the showrunner. She was talking about Joseph Campbell shit. If anybody knows who and what that is, he's this writer who broke down uh, how stories are told, how fables are told. Star Wars follows the hero's journey. And in these stories, there's always a moment of hopelessness and despair. There's always a dark time in the movie, uh, in the journey, where all hope is lost before the good things happen and the hero comes out triumphant at the end. I'm not saying that's this year that we're going to win the chip or anything like that. You never know though. Again, if we shoot like the Miami Heat did last year, we could get to the finals. That's any team. But yeah, I I just think we're in the lull. We're in the dark moment of the season. And I think after the all-star break, this team is going to ramp up. And and I truly believe an improved Fox, an improved Keegan, uh, a more consistent Monk, a very improved Domas has to account for something, and that has to at least make us a tough out in a really competitive uh, first-round opponent. It has to. Um, there's no way we bow out um, unless I don't, you know, unless we're playing the Pelicans, and for whatever reason they still continue to have our number. But yeah, this team is improved. It has to count for something. That's all I'm going to say. Elizabeth, any last words? No, I mean, hopefully, you know, like I said, whatever they can do tomorrow night, tomorrow night's not going to be an easy task. 
Um, I believe they still won't have KCP. I think he's out with a hamstring injury. Uh, so whatever they can do, I know it's going to be a tough game because you're playing in altitude, you're playing on a back-to-back. But whatever you can do, dig deep into that bag. Um, hopefully other guys can step up tomorrow night and uh, get that win and go on, go on this break with a, you know, a win would be, would be nice and help this team out uh, much needed rest. You know, they can spend time with their families, do what they got to do. Um, and then, you know, come back for that, you know, I wouldn't say second part of the season because we're way past the second half point, but you know, last part of the season, you know, hopefully grind some good wins out and, uh, you know, make the playoffs and avoid the plan. Right on. And, and if you look at the box score tonight, this is probably what the playoffs are going to look like of just Domas, Malik, and Fox just coming through. And whoever else steps up, they're going to step up. Um, hopefully we get a more consistent HB and Kevin Herter. Um, I, I think it's a lot to ask from Keegan. I think this season is about Keegan stepping up on defense and becoming our elite defender. But I think he's not used to, like Ross said earlier, uh, being an elite defender, being a two-way player, and actually getting it done on the offensive side as well. I think so much energy is spent on the defensive end because he's now guarding uh, either the first or second highest usage player on the other team that it's hard for him. And this is all new. I think it's great that he's improved on that end. But, yeah, I think it's going to be an adjustment for sure. You guys are the best. We're out of here. Good day, good night, and light the beam. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.